So if you were here on Wednesday, you kind of know that my, my heart in church has kind of been, I, I guess I've been dealing with, you know, my mental things and stuff kind of going on and trying to figure out, because I don't think that in Scripture, when you look at what Jesus did and how he interacted with people, it didn't look like this. It didn't look like us just lined up in rows. I, I, you know, it didn't look like somebody up front. It looked, what we see is we see Jesus do relational. We see, we see things happening. We see him, you know, he goes to houses. He has dinner with people. He, 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 he shares life with one another. He, he, he eats with people that you never thought he would. There's actually a really good book out there. It's called Eats with Sinners. And, and that's how Jesus interacted. But we've gotten to this point where we want to put on a facade and go to church, and we have to do everything we can to look good as we walk in the door. We want to make sure we wear the right things, we have the right stuff on, we, 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 can't, we can't be arguing as we come to the doors because what are people going to say, what are people going to do, what's it going to look like, how are people going to judge us, and it's changed things dramatically about what the church looks like. And so it's kind of, so and for me, I've been going, okay, well, what is this, what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to move forward? And it kind of led me to writing, you know, trying to find out what, what's, what, how does it look? And so if you read my blog this week, it was kind of one of these things about, about talking about what relationships look like. And, and we tell people, they walk in the door and we go, hey, welcome to the edge. We're, we're so glad that you're here. And, 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 but, but that doesn't really make us feel welcome, right? It doesn't make us feel welcome that we're here just because you said welcome to me. Right? It makes me feel welcome when you, you, you walk me to my seat, you sit down next to me, and you, and you say, hey, I, I know that you're new here, but I'm, but I'm, I'm just here to help you get through it. <coughs> they're, they're, it's different. I, I shared this story, and this is not part of my notes at all, but I shared this story. All, so uh, uh, I'm about to make something embarrassing. I'm about to tell you about it. As I was in this hotel, I uh, went, I got, it, it, so... I, ha I did not have travel mercies this week. It was a very rough week of travel for me. And as I got to the hotel I was staying at, I just wanted to get into the room and crash, get a couple hours of sleep in before going to this conference that I was going to. And I got in there, I laid down, and I woke up, and I was in such a hurry to get to the conference. I had to be there at 1, and uh, it, was all it was already 12.15. And so I went in, but I went in, I went to use the restroom. And it, was it wasn't number two, it was just number one. And I hit the flush, and when I hit it, it, it didn't do what it was supposed to do, right? It didn't go down. It came up, right? And it, it, it came up at such a point where <laughs> it was like one of those really good toilets. It came up really fast, it, like it was going to do the job if there would have been ways for it to go. And it came up, and then the water just started overflowing out of the top of the toilet. And I should tell you that as I walked into this hotel, they made me feel very welcome. They said, hey, welcome. This is where your room's going to be at. This is all, you know, but, but I didn't really feel that I was part of the hotel, right? I didn't feel that, I, hey, this is, this, is, this is where I'm here to stay. I'm going to make my permanent residence here. This is going to be my home. And so uh, I said, oh, I got to clean this up. And I was already running late, so now I'm under the gun of that. I'm like, I got to get this taken care of. And so I took all the towels off of the wall and the and I threw them around the toilet, and as I was doing that, trying to clean up, I, I, I brushed against the handle, and all of a sudden it flushed again. <laughs> and it was, and it was, so there was no place for the water to go this time. So it just started, it, it like, it was like a geyser in the toilet. Boom! I was like, oh. And uh, so it's still, I'm still having, but 
But for me, I couldn't call down to the front desk and be like, hey, I'm the idiot in 315. <laughs> I just blew up this bathroom. I don't know what happened. I was so embarrassed about it. I'm telling all of you, I couldn't tell the person I'm never going to see again, right? <laughs> and so I, so, but I finally, it, it, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that in any other t- type of relationship, we would have felt much more comfortable going, hey, how do I fix this? How do I get through this? Instead for me, I had to try and figure it out all on my own. And that's not how Christianity or church is supposed to be. It's not how it's supposed to be. And that's what we've turned it into. We tell people, hey, go home and read the Bible. We don't, we don't do enough life together. We don't do enough stuff. Go home. You go do it at home because at home you'll, you'll get a better understanding. Or, or, you know, go to small group or, or go to this and do these things. And if you get into this Bible study. But that's not how Jesus showed us how to do it. He said, you have to live that way. You have to do it all the time. And so today, I'm going to talk a little bit about when Christians let you down. Because I think that that's what happens a lot of times, is that Christians tend to let us down. You know, the, when you talk to people, the biggest complaint about the church for most people, the biggest complaint, it's full of a bunch of narrow-minded, judgmental hypocrites. The biggest complaints. Anytime that you talk to people... You know, and, and, and you see, when they, when they have these conversations, they go, they claim one thing, but then they live a complete other way. I, I mean, we see that often, right? We go, hey, I love you, but then we don't actually act with love. Hey, hey, I want to I see the best for you, but we don't actually see that. You know, how about this? You got people that post all kinds of Christian stuff on Instagram all day long. God loves you, da-da-da-da. They're like the most inspirational person online. But if you ever run into them on pers- in person, they're out partying all weekend long, not caring about anybody else except for themselves. You know, or you have a Christian boss, and he pushes faith at work, but then he treats his workers horribly. You know, or a, sh- a dad that shames his daughter for how she dresses. Hey, you gotta, you know, you got to put some of that stuff away. But then he has a porn problem at home. Right? You see these things that kind of happen. You know, or my favorite, my favorite, you know, uh, and I, and I kind of put it all together. What about, how many of you guys, how many of you have ever gone and worked out at Planet Fitness? You know, uh, it's kind of a, it's an interesting thing, right? I, I think they have one of the smartest business models ever. They come in, they go, hey, Come on in and work out Monday through Friday, but on Friday evening for lunch, we're going to do a pizza party here, right? You work out all week long, but, but we're going we're gonna to make it to where it counted for nothing because here's some pizza for you. Here you go. I, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. I, I mean, it's just like, it's just like somebody, it's, and this is how we act as Christians. We go, I'm going to say one thing, I'm going to do something else. The guy at the gym going for the free pizza. The person in the AA, but still going and hanging out on Margarita Mondays and Tequila Tuesdays and Whiskey Wednesdays. And, you know, they're just out. That's what they're doing. They're trying to go, hey, I'm trying to get away from these. See, and it's a tragedy. It really is a tragedy. So many people, when they think of the church, they think of the scandals, they think of the abuses, they think of the corruption, they think of the hypocrisy, they think of the judgment, they think of the hate that happens here rather than the love and and the grace of Jesus. We, we, we've really done a number on the church. You know, and so, 
Why do so many Christians seem to be full of hate and lies? I guess it's a question that we need to ask. We, we need to kind of figure this out. And so Brendan Manning actually wrote a quote. I gave it to you guys. And it says, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. I mean, it, it's tough, right? How can you say one, you know, we tell this all the time, how can you say one thing with your mouth and you do something completely opposite? You know, people are confused by it. And so when we go out, we go to try to share the gospel. They're confused by our actions because we say one thing with our mouth and we do something completely different. And, we're, and I think for us, we're going, well, why don't people love Jesus? Well, because we, us, are Jesus' hands and feet. So if you're not acting very Jesus-like, what sort of representation are we giving to people? You know, any time that you've ever read the Bible, you go through it, you never see Jesus actually speak harshly to somebody. Did you ever notice that? You ever, if you ever open it up, he never speaks harshly to, about people, but he calls them a name that maybe some of us are a little familiar with. He calls them hypocrites. You know, you hypocrites. And he, it's not that he's speaking harshly to them, but he's calling us. And so we're going to jump to Matthew 23, verses 27 through 28. And I'm reading from an NLT. So it's going to be a little different than the Bible that's on the, uh, in the chair in front of you, but I have it up here on the screen. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? And here's where it says, he says, hypocrites. And, and in the Bible, if it has an exclamation point behind it, that, that almost means that they were shouting at this point, right? So, and he says, for you are like whitewashed tombs. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. I'm going to give you a little bit of biblical history. So this whitewashed tombs, so before Passover would happen, what would happen weeks before Passover in cities, so tombs used to be almost in the middle of cities sometimes, they would, build these, they would have tombs that would be in places that you'd be like, why is there a tomb right there? But they would have those. And so what would happen in order to prevent you from touching something dead and making it to where you couldn't attend Passover supper, they would go through and they would re-whitewash all the tombs to make them bright so that you knew not to run into one of those or touch those or open those doors so that you wouldn't you wouldn't end up missing out on one of the most important things in the history and their tradition so those whitewashed tombs are updated every year so they're always bright they're always they always look beautiful they always they're always you know so because it's maintained it's taken care of Have you ever seen somebody who has a nice uh, I, my first car was a 1968 mustang and uh, it's a great car. It was a great car, right until I blew the motor in it. But uh, I mean, but I took such good care of it, right? I, I so every it was like every day was like let me go outside. Let me I'm gonna I had one of those uh, I had one of those dusters that were on a stick, you know, that you would I would dust the car off. I, I always took really good care of it, but. That's how it was kind of went back then. This is one of those things that was somebody's pride and, their pride and joy, and they would take good care of it. Let's go back into the scripture. It says, For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. <laughs> this is what Jesus is saying about them. You look good on the outside, but inside of you, your heart is terrible, and you are really, you are just dead. 
And, and see, that's kind of one of our one of the problems that we have is that we don't acknowledge it that way. We don't see ourselves as going that we have impurities on the outside, that we or on the inside. That we we're like, hey, I've got it fairly well together, but we don't see what our heart does, our our mindsets, our direction that we're going, the things that we do. It's outwardly you look like righteous people. But inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Man. The word hypocrite is used 17 times in the Bible, and every time it's done by Jesus. You know, and so it, when you see this, and it's every time it's somebody that is in need of correcting. Now, that word hypocrite is actually a Greek word. That's where it starts at. And, and it, they were stage actors. So, so just think about this. He's using that word as a stage actor because... That in, in, in the past, hypocrites were people that wore masks. But in the past, if you didn't know this, and give you a little more history lesson today, is that in Greek theater, there was only one type of actor. Men. Right? And so actors played different parts. And so men would be women. Women uh, would not be involved in it at all. And so they could be a poor woman. They could be a powerful man. They could be whatever. But they put on a mask, and that's what they would be. They, it was always one person that was doing it. And so they were hypocrites. They were, they were the ones that would wear a mask intentionally to try and fool somebody. And see, Jesus uses this first person, and, he, it, and the first time we ever see that it's used outside of the context of a theater. We see it's used at this point now. As he's going, you hypocrite. It's the only first time it's been used outside of a theater. And, and it's really, hey, you're giving to be seen, you hypocrites. You're fasting to oppress, you hypocrites. You you're, you're praying to be heard, you hypocrites. You're pretending to be generous, you hypocrites. You're taking advantage of the poor, you hypocrites. See, but these are all things that are happening now. These exact same things happen now. I know people that give just to be seen giving. I know people that are fasting just in order. They talk about it all the time. I've been on a 21-day fast. Okay. Well, it doesn't look like you're fasting because you're certainly not getting skinnier, buddy. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I know people that just pray and pray and pray. And I'm like, are you praying just to be heard or are you praying for something specific? You know, or people that pretend to be generous, they go, I'm going to give, but they don't actually ever give. Like I've seen people literally come in here, fill out a giving envelope and then actually never turn it in. I mean, it happens that way. And, and, and I see people that take advantage of the poor all the time I witness it all. I, I I do homeless ministry, and so I see people taking care of the poor all, uh, taking advantage of the poor all the time. Where they get them signed up for Social Security, get them help them walk through all these processes, and then become their payee and take all of their money. I see it all the time, and and, and see what you have to understand something here. Jesus was not calling out the sin; he was calling out the show. See, that's the problem. And in church, we have a show. And he was calling out the sin. He's not calling out the sin going, hey, don't, because we all have sin. But he's calling out this show of going, don't act like you don't have sin. Don't act like everything's perfect. You know, <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't come out and go, woe to you that cuss. <laughs> woe to you that watch bad Netflix shows. You know, woe to you, you hypocrites. He, 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 that's what he says. He says, he says, do it. Don't act like you don't do it. 
Uh, and that's really what it comes in. Let's, uh, verse 23, and so Matthew 23, verse 33, I'm sorry. He says, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? <laughs> Why do so many so-called Christians get it wrong? Why do we get it wrong? So number one, whew, this is going the, 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 to be the statement that you guys are all going to hate. Some people who claim Christ aren't really Christians. Okay? That's as simple as that. Some people who claim Christ aren't really Christians. In Titus 1.16, they claim to know God, but their actions, but in their actions, they deny him. See, going to church does not make you a Christian. Following Jesus does. Believing in God does not make you a Christian. Following Jesus does. There's a, there's a difference. There really is. You know, and see, that's how we have to get into this mindset. And then, here's the next one. Again, a little bit of controversy, but this is kind of probably more truthful. Some people are Christians, but they're not mature. Right? It's just how it is. Some people just started following, and they're just not there yet. Here's what it says in Hebrews 5, verses 13 and 14. It says, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Now, let's stop there for a second. You accept Jesus, it's just like being a newborn, right? What do newborns drink? Milk, right? We're not, we're not sitting there and going, hey, hey, newborn, you know, or new Christian, why don't we spend some time in Revelations today? Let's just spend a whole lot of time in Revelations. It, 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 it would actually be a huge disservice to you if we did that. It just doesn't do you any good. So what we really need to be going is like, how do we get you? So it's the same way with a baby. We go from milk to some cereals, right? And a little bit of cereal with milk. And then we go from, from that into mushed up peas and carrots. You know, we don't go from milk to steak, right? You know, it's like, here, here's some filet mignon. You know, and we definitely don't go to that, right? You know, we definitely don't take and go, hey, my nine-month-old eats filet mignon every night. Right? It would just be a waste, wouldn't it? It would just be a waste if you're just giving it, you know, I mean, you, it's just, it doesn't even know that it's getting that. And it says, verse 14, solid food is for those who are mature and who, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So it takes some time to get there, right? It, 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 we don't just go, hey, I believe, and then all of a sudden we have everything together. It takes time. It takes some training. It takes some back and forth. It takes some of getting to know what's supposed to happen it's it, it's it takes time to recognize the difference between right and wrong not just what is legal and illegal but what is right and wrong in god's kingdom it's different you know when you start when you start thinking about this how are your relationships what do they look like what is what you know if you're single and you're trying to get together with somebody do you think it's good to go out on date and then go hey let's go back to our let's go back to my place or your place and, and, and if you're trying to stay pure, do you think that's going to work out for you? No, it's not. It just doesn't do that. You know, you could do the same thing. You could go, hey, you know, we're, you, however you want to plan things, however you want to do things, you could go, we're going to do this for church, or we're going to do these things. And if you're not doing it with the right intentions, the right motivations, the, the right, you could be doing it all wrong and for the wrong reasons and not to actually do it for Jesus just because you're doing it to be seen or to be heard or whatever it is. And see, that's, 
So that's why I opened at the beginning of this going, that's why I think the church has gotten so confused and so wrong about this, is because that's what we've done. We've turned this into a look-at-me type of event. Look at me, hear me, see me. Walk out of here and don't actually have any physical change, physical manifestation that happens within you. It's just, we, we, and, and we have to have some change that way. Number three, and here's probably the one that I'd like to say is for most of you in this room and those of you that are watching online. Some are Christians and maturing, but yet they still mess up. Does it just still mess up sometimes? This is how it goes. This doesn't necessarily make them hell-bound hypocrites, right? That's, you know, we mess up sometimes. We love Jesus, but we told a lie. Man, we love Jesus, but we had this happen, and we were mean to somebody. We love Jesus, and this happened. No matter what, as long as we're following Jesus, we're going to be vulnerable to sin, and we're all going to fall short sometimes. This is how it works. See, when we fall short, this is what happens, though. It, it, we all fall short at some point and when we do fall short we blame our circumstances we go well you know i was tired i had this going on i had a backache i, I smashed my hand with a thing and so i said something that i wasn't supposed to say or i did this when somebody else falls short we blame their character so when we fall short we blame our circumstances when someone else falls short we blame their character those are the next two slides, by the way. So when we sin, God isn't shocked. He's not. When we sin, he's just not shocked about it. Why? Because he knows that we are sinners. It's just simple as that. In, in Psalms 103.14, For he knows how weak we are, and he remembers that we are only dust. <laughs> I just... I just think that it's important. And so from this, this is, as you read this, we are but dust. <laughs> you are but dust. So if you've ever heard that line, I've been hurt by Christians. Well, I think that your expectations are too high of people then. So when I say something that's going to let you down, and it will, right? It's just going to happen. I might say something sarcastic, something inappropriate. You, you know, I won't live up to whatever standard that you've put on me that I've, never, that I've never put on myself. When we disagree about something, just remember, I am nothing but a bag of dirt. I'm just dust. Just remember that, right? Because that's how it is. The word Adam, if you go back to the beginning, it literally, the word, you can translate it back into, into, into Hebrew, and it just means dust man. It means dirt man. That's what it means. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's what we are. We're only dust. But we're just, just, and see, <laughs> we come in, we're all churchy, you're wearing a nice outfit, you got your makeup on, you did your Instagram shot of the day. You are still just potting soil, by the way just how it is you are still just potting soil and, and and you have to realize that everybody around you is as well you, you look at ball you look at paul and barnabas in acts 13 and, and just i want you to I want you to think about this it said the word of the lord spread through the whole region but the jewish leaders incited a, the god-fearing women of the high standard and the lead and the leading men of the city 
They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. That's Acts 13, verses 49 and 50. Paul and Barnabas quit church. They were expelled from where they were at. Could you imagine they were walking away going, they are a bunch of hypocrites in this place. That's exactly what's going on. They could have done that. And maybe they would have done that if they focused on the offense. They didn't focus on the offense. See, church didn't let them down. Church didn't betray them. Church didn't hurt them. It wasn't the whole church. It was a few people. And see, that's when you ever hear this. Anybody ever heard? Um, church hurt. Or I was hurt by this person or that person, and I don't go to church anymore. See, does that logic make sense to you? I, I, let me change this. Because I've heard people, I can't go to church because of this. People hurt me. This always happens. Things break down. But you don't do this the same way. You don't do it the same way when you go to a restaurant, right? You don't walk into a restaurant, get bad service, and quit eating altogether, right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't do that, right? You don't go into a, whatever restaurant it is and be like, wow, that was terrible. But I'm off food now. <laughs> Just not doing it anymore. No. You end up going to another restaurant. You go try another place. You'll go do something else. You know, it took 15 minutes long. It took 15 minutes too long for my burger. No more food. Oh, my McDonald's fries were soggy. No more McDonald's. No more fries. No more. The fries weren't good. I'm never, ever eating again. But that's how we do it with church. We go, man, the servant just didn't touch me. I'm done with church now. I, 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 the people just weren't as friendly as I was expecting them to be. I'm done with church now. The pastor, you know, I saw him outside saying something that he shouldn't have been saying. I'm done with church now. It's the only place that we hold that high of a standard. No other place that you go, do you go, that one place hurt me, I'll never go back to another one that's like it at all. That one place. See, Paul and Barnabas decided they're not going to let the sins of people keep them from the goodness and the promises of God. That's what they decided. See, people are just dust. They are dirt bags. They're going to let you down. That's what it is. Now, don't call them dirt bags. They'll take offense to it. That's between all of us in this room and those of you that are watching online. But that's what it is. That's what it is. People are just dirt bags, and they're going to let you down. They're, you know, they're, it's going to happen. <laughs> so I love this, because here's what it is. They go... Like, if you just think about how they, how they move forward in Acts 13, verses 51 and 52, so they shook the dust off of their feet. They got rid of the dusty people, and they started to move forward. It says, so they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. It's not easy. See, it, it, how many people do you know that are filled with joy but yet carry a grudge everywhere they go? I, I, oh, I'm such a joyful person, but I hate everybody back there. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Remember the beginning of this? The biggest complaint from the church, from, about the church from most people, full of a bunch of narrow-minded, judgmental hypocrites. I mean, just think about it, guys. Aren't we that same thing? Aren't we that same thing? You, you know, you know, if you've been hurt by the church and you have this, 
this disdain for hypocrites that are inside the church, I apologize. I do. I apologize for wherever you've been at, whatever you have. You know, and we haven't always gotten it right. I haven't always gotten it right. I, I, in fact, I get it wrong a lot. But, but that's what happens. It's not every church that does that. It's not every pastor. It's not, every, it's not all those things that you see. You know, it's not always that they said one thing and lived another way. There have been Christians that have over that have there and leaders in power that have that have abused their power. There have been arrogant pastors. There have been harsh pastors. There have been unkind pastors, unloving. And it's not right. I'm sorry. But there's people that are in the church that are the same way. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the leadership. And all of us. And the reality is, we've all been hurt by hypocrites. It doesn't always have to be a church leader. It could be somebody that we've gone to school with. It could have been a teacher there. It could have been, it could have been all these different things. Somebody at college, someplace, some way, somehow, all of us have been hurt by a hypocrite one way or another. You know, uh, if you guys don't know, and, and I'm sure that we're, we're going to make this clear, I'm not perfect, right? I'm not. If you know me, you know that I'll lose my temper. I, I, I have the anger switch. I'll say things. That I, I'll look back and I go, man, I really wish I didn't say that. I can be very prideful, uh, just to let you know. I, uh, I'm also very critical. You know, these are just things that I've recognized, and, 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 and some of that has become recognition because you told me. <laughs> you know, it just happens that way. You know, there's been times where I've been more focused on being right than being loving. You know, that's, that's definitely happened. And so for that, and for all of those things, I just want to repent and say I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I'm, that's not who, by nature, I want to be. That's not who I want to, that's not how I want to act. But it's just, it, it's what happens. It, it, there's times where you get so focused on doing what you have this mindset and the direction you're supposed to go that you've forgotten that it's actually not, guys, it's not about any of those things. It's about the people of the church. That's what it is. It's about the people. It's about people that are walking in the door. It's not about any of those other things. And see, what I want you to know That's cool. But I want you to know that, uh, hey, that was forgiveness for me right there. That's what happened. <laughs> if you have lost faith in Jesus because of people, maybe your faith in, is in people when it should have been in Jesus. Amen. Okay, you, you see, and that's kind of what I'd like you to do is kind of refocus and rechange what you've been looking at and look to Jesus. Don't, don't, don't look at me or don't look at, just continue to, to go, I need to go, I need to go back to Jesus. Even when I'm teaching or when I'm talking, look at it and go, how do I see Jesus through this? How do I see how he lived through this? How do I see how he loved Instead of looking at it going, well, Mike is terrible at presenting this. You should go back and you should go look and go, this is how Jesus was. This is how he lived. This is what he called out. And I just happen to be the presenter trying to focus you on him, not on me. And so... I, I want to let you know that uh, it's, and this isn't in my notes either, we're probably starting this way forward for, you know, so I'm going to probably finish out the series and there'll be some special days where I'll do some more topical type, type of pastoring or preaching, but I'm probably going to go to a books of the, of the Bible to be able to teach a little more history, a little more in depth on that stuff and just go from verse to verse to verse and do a little bit more in depth on what you're reading and what we're going through. And because it shouldn't be, <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, you guys were like, your stories suck anyway, Mike, you know. <laughs> uh, but 
But uh, it's just because I want us to focus there and to grow there, and we'll do some topical stuff, but it's just going to be more focused on some books of the Bible, and so we'll see kind of a fundamental change on what our, what our, our topics look like and stuff like that. So, but again, I'm just trying to get you to look to Jesus. That's all I want to do. So, I want you to know the church has abused its power at times, and Jesus confronted the leaders and said, hey, stop doing that. And so that's just what happens. The church likes to snub their noses at people, right? Mm, you're not good enough to be here. And see, what I want you to know is that that's not what Jesus would have done. And so that's not what we will do here. We will love like Jesus. We will like people like Jesus did. He loved the sinner. He loved the tax collector. He loved the prostitute. He loved the outcast. It'll be a mission of what we do here. You know, people accuse Christians of being narrow, judgmental, but see, everywhere Jesus went, he showed compassion. And we'll do the same thing. See, when you read scripture, and this is what I think that we need to get to, and especially in our own lives, and we need to recognize that Jesus had zero tolerance for hypocrisy. Zero tolerance. He called it out every time. He never called out the sin, but he called out the hypocrisy. But he has unlimited grace for the sinner in need of forgiveness. We need to get back to that mindset. In our own lives, we need to get back to this mindset of going, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I won't, I won't say one thing and do something completely different. I, I know that we have this natural tendency to be sinners. It, it's been ingrained into us since, since Genesis 3. That's, that's where it's at. And, and, and if, you, if you have to look and go, we're not going to be able to defeat that. We're going to have to continue to live through that and move through that. But we're going to be honest when we get it wrong. We're not going to try and hide it. We're going to repent. We're going to apologize. We're going to forgive others as we were forgiven. That's, that's just what you're going to get to. See, you have to have this mindset of going, I will, be, I will choose to forgive no matter what it is. And just also remember that you were often a sinner in need of forgiveness. And the same grace that's offered to you, you should be giving it to other people. That's what we should be doing. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I look at the clock and I go, how am I done this early? I, my notes have been pages long. I don't know what happened is. Because uh, it's Mother's Day and I'm like, sorry. <laughs> um, and which I, I didn't, I didn't act at the beginning of this to say happy Mother's Day, right? And, I, and a lot of times, as a church in the past, here's what we've always done, right? We've always, hey, here's a, here's a gift from the edge. And it could have been, and we were always really hypocritical about to make sure that we give it to every woman because we don't know where, where they were, what had happened, where their lives are. Maybe they want to be a mom, they couldn't. They, super, super, we were, we were always going, we got to do this. We have to make sure that we're doing this. And, and then we did the same thing for Father's Day, right? You know, some people were walking around with this Father's Day tool that we had that we gave away that was, you know, you could tighten up something. You could do. It was like the novelty of the holiday. It, that's what it was. We, we turned it into a novelty. Like, here, here, take this home with you. It'll, it'll, every time that you have to use this, <laughs> this thing that never really works for anything, you'll think of the edge. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Where well, we really should look at Mother's Day and we should look and go, some of us, not some of us, some of you are moms. Some of you are moms-to-be. Some of you are 
that you can't be, but you want to. There's, there's so many, so many different things. And so what I would rather do, instead of giving you some sort of novelty, is I'd rather just pray for all, and all of you moms. And I'd just say thank you for, I will tell you that every woman in here has been significant in somebody else's life that somebody would look and say, she was a mom to me at that time, or at this time, or at this point, whatever I was going through, and she was a mom. You may not have been a physical mom, but you may not have been the birth mom, but you were, you were motherly, and that there shows the heart and your heart and, and really just says that, hey, you want to help people, and it's exactly what Christ would have done with people. And so, are you guys okay with that? Or is that I'm not going to send you out here with a rose or with a, you know, here, here's, a, here's a cup that says Happy Mother's Day on just stow it away when you walk out of the door, you know, right? Is that okay? All right, good. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you for every woman that is in this room. Every one of them that, is, that has helped a friend, that, is, that has been a mother, that has been a mother in some sort, that has encouraged somebody, that has given direction, that has just loved somebody through something difficult in their lives. Thank you for giving them that spirit and that heart of motherhood. That it, it, we are just called to to be that and to be and to be encouraging, to be loving. And so, Father, we are so thankful that you have brought each one of them into our lives. We are so thankful for the spirit and the heart that you've given to each one of them. And we ask that you continue to bless them in the endeavors and their lives and, they, and everything as they move forward. As they walk out, they feel encouraged that no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on in their life, that they continue to, to help mother each one of us as we walk forward, as we leave here, that we can continue to to guide and direct and to and to give encouragement to those that were around that's what the that's what a mom does a mom loves and encourages and provides and gives and and whether we have children or not most of the women that are around us in our lives have done all of those things and so thank you moms thank you for what you've done thank you for your heart and Thank you, God, for each one of them that you've delivered into my life and to the life of everybody here in the building. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.